Good evening. I hope that all of you are doing well. Uh, we are learning Maseches Yevamos Tavchav, and we're starting two thirds of the way down, right next to the Tosfos of Arvinhu Vilisninhu. The Gemara has the words that says Asaba Maimer. That's where we're starting from today. Now, uh, what we're doing now is analyzing a brisa that we quoted on Shabbos. This brisa began on the previous page and ends at the top of this page, and we're going uh, through this brisa piecemeal. So let's go through this particular piece. Asaba Maimer Let's say this was our case where Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi are all brothers. Ruvain's married to Rachel, Shimon's married to Shoshana, and they both fall to Levi in Yibum. So before it got to Levi, Shimon did Maimer. He did this quasi-Kedushin, which is only with Kesef and Shtar, but no, no Tash Meshamita. They're not allowed to be together. So if he did Maimer, the Acharkach, after Shimon does Maimer to Rachel, so then, yes, uh, so then, Nola Loach, that's when Levi is born. Oh, or the reverse. Shenola Loach, first Levi is born, and Ve'acharkach Asaba Maimer. And only then, that's when Shimon does Maimer to Rachel. So says the Gemara, Umes, and then Shimon dies. So what is Levi's obligations to the two women? Rachel, who was Ruvain's wife, and Shoshana, who was Shimon's wife. So says the Gemara, Rishona Yotza Mishum Esha Sachev Olamo. The Tanakama holds that Levi is Begeder, a sister, a brother-in-law to Rachel, and therefore they cannot be married. And Ushnia Cholezes and the second one, who is Shoshana, that's Shimon's wife, and Shimon just died, they cannot marry either. The Shigas Chalitza and not Yibum. That's the sheet of the Tanakama. That either way, whether or not Levi was born first or second, it doesn't matter. That the din is that uh, she's Eshes Achav Shalohaya Be'olamo, and the other wife gets Chalitza. In contrast to the Tanakama, we're three fourths of the way down. Rab Shimon Omer, Biasa o Chalitzasa shall achas men poteras tsarasa. That Biasa here, Biasa, we know of course it means Tash Meshamita, but here it's a reference to Yibum. If in fact he chooses to do Yibum, or if he does Chalitza to one of the women, so then uh, it's poteras tsarasa, then the second woman is then not allowed to be married, and she's, uh, she's poteras. There's not even Chalitza or Yibum. Now, the Gemara is a little torn on what Rav Shimon is arguing about, because as mentioned, the Tanakama said, if Levi was born first and then there was Maimer, or the reverse, if Maimer was, was done first and then Levi was born. So says the Gemara, Rav Shimon, when Rav Shimon says that doing Yibum or Chalitza works for one wife and the other wife is then exempt, which comment of the Tanakama was he talking about? If, in quoting the Tanakama, he's talking about a case where Levi was born first, and afterwards, only afterwards, Shimon did Maimer to Rachel. We already said elsewhere, We already said yesterday that Rib Shimon doesn't argue in such a case. Rib Shimon agrees in a case where Levi is born first, he agrees that there is no argument and that really it would not work in such a case. Ella, it must therefore be that Rib Shimon in this brisa is arguing on, on the other part of the Tanakhama. Ella, it must be uh, He must be arguing only on a case where the Maimer took place first and only then was Levi born. And Rib Shimon's svara in such a case as to why it would be different is because um, when Levi... Uh, when Levi is born after the Maimir, Levi's whole relationship with Rachel was as a, was as married to Shimon, not as married to Ruvain, and therefore there's no reason to assume that she isn't a regular uh, a regular sister-in-law. And Yibum would then apply if Shimon died. The Gemara continues analyzing the Brisa. We're seven lines or so from the bottom of the page. Chalas lebaylas Maimir. If there's chalitza that was done to Rachel, so then lo niftirat If Levi 
who uh, who had both women, Rachel and Shoshana, fall to him beyibum. If he does chalitza to the Bailas Maimer, which is Rachel, that's Ruvain's wife. So then lo nifterotzala. That sorry, that does not work out. But that does not exempt uh, Shoshana from from something. She would need chalitza. Why? My taima says the Gemara. What's the reason to make a distinction between the two? Because Maimer isn't a full fledged marriage. Maimer is what we refer to, as the Rishonim point out, as Kedusha Yavama. It's a very unique, middle-of-the-road type of marriage. And therefore, when we have two things at play, we have Shoshana and Rachel, each of which have different halachic um, marriage uh, zikas, as they were. So then things are different. My time, says the Gemara, Mishum Dehave Tzara Vadai. We know that the status of the Tzara is 100% clear. But when it comes to a Bailas Maimer, it's not really a full marriage. It's kind of a, again, it's a quasi Kedushin. And the fact that he does Chalitza to the Suffolk, to the Maimer, that does not generate anything definitive about. Um, about Shoshana, who is a Vada, she's the Tzara of Rachel, and therefore uh, she would need uh, she would need Chalitza. Now this sugya was being discussed first of the very long lines of Testament Beis. Yosef Rav Menashe Bar Zvid came to Rav Huna. Rav Menashe Bar Zvid was uh, was in front of Rav Huna. But Yosef Ka'amarim was talking and learning, and he says, "My time the Rav Shimon. What is the logic of Rav Shimon that Rav Shimon would say um, that if the Mimer was done first?" that Levi is technically allowed to marry Rachel. What is his logic? Says the Gemara, if you haven't been paying attention for the last two blocks, that's all we've been talking about is the Shita of Rib Shimon. Says the Gemara, my time of the Rib Shimon. What a ridiculous question. That means you weren't paying attention in Shir. He says uh, the reason why for Rib Shimon is obvious. Because by the time Levi was born, Ruvain had died, Rachel fell to Shimon Be'ibum, and Shimon married Rachel. So by the time Levi is born, his whole existence is that Rachel is Shimon's wife. So of course he's going to say, of course he's going to say that if Shimon then dies, that it's a regular case of evil. His whole understanding, his whole experience of Rachel is not as Ruvain's wife. He actually never met Ruvain. Ruvain is his older brother. He never met Ruvain because Ruvain died. That's the only way that Rachel got pushed to Shimon. So he never met Ruvain. So his whole relationship with, with Rachel, with, with, with Ruvain's wife, is uh, only as Shimon's, as Shimon's wife. So that can't be what Rav Menashe was talking about to Rav Huna. Ella, it must therefore be that the question was, my time at the What's the re reason for the rabbis to have a different opinion than Rav Shimon? We understand the opinion of Rib Shimon that if Levi was born after the Yibum took place, then Levi's whole relationship with Rachel is as Shimon's wife. But why would the Tanakama argue with that? Why do the Rabbanan say otherwise? They said the Gemara, and just to talk, speak this out a little bit outside, we had three brothers again, the same case. You got Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain's married to Rachel, Shimon's married to Shoshana. When Ruvain dies and Rachel falls to Shimon be Yibum, even if Shimon marries Rachel with Yibum, there's still, says say the Rabbanan, there's still some type of connection to Ruvain. She still was married to Ruvain. And that should have impact on whether or not Levi could marry Rachel at a later point. That's what the Gemara says here based on a Pasuk. Elamai time of the Rabbanan, three lines from the bottom, Amar Kra, that when Ruvain dies, the Pasuk says, that Shimon should marry Rachel, the Yivma. And I die in Yivumim Harishonim Aleha. It's still... It's still true that that first relationship is there. So when Levi, when Rachel falls to Levi after first, after Ruvain dies and Rachel gets pushed to Shimon, and then after Shimon dies and Rachel gets pushed to uh, Anshashana, that Rachel gets pushed to Levi, 
So the Rabbanan say, you're right. Levi's whole experience of Rachel was only as it relates to Shimon. But there still is a peace. There still was a relationship between Rachel and, uh, and Ruvain. And that's something that we need to take into account. So says the Gemara, is that really true? That we assume that the Yibum always uh, lasts, that the feeling of Yibum from Ruvain, that Ruvain and Rachel's relationship still carries on. After all, Elohaditznan, last line of your testament base, Kinsa, that in a regular classical case, not with three brothers, there's two brothers, there's Ruvain and Shimon. Ruvain's married to Rachel, Ruvain dies. Classical case, and Shimon marries uh, Rachel. We said, we've learned this already, that once Yibum takes place, once Shimon marries Rachel in a classical case of Yibum, then they are married l'chol davar. This teaches us that once Yibum takes place, that you divorce her like you regularly would, and technically you could even remarry her again, provided that you, she doesn't marry someone else in the meantime. That's Usher. But in a classical case of Yibum, this Brisa says very clearly that we don't look back and say she still has a tethering to the previous husband. We don't look at it like that. She's free and clear. Once Ruvain dies and Rachel falls to Shimon and they get married, according to this Mishnah, the whole Yibum story as it relates to Rachel is over. It's over. So how can the Rabbanon say, oh, when Levi, when Levi uh, has Rachel fall to Yibum after two brothers die, that there's still a, a remnant of Ruvain, Hare, we see that Lechol Davar, Hare, Hikishta Lechol Davar, that in a, in a classical case, we see that that is, uh, that, that, uh, that they are, that she is Ishta Lechol Davar. So the Gemara says on the top of Chafamad Aleph, Hasam nami lema v'yibma. Maybe we should say in that case of the Mishnah where we said Why don't we also say v'yibma over there? The drasha from the word v'yibma in the pasuk. Why don't we say that they should do chalitza? That yibum is never allowed, even in a classical case. Because if it's true that we have the word v'yibma in our case of Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, which is not a classical case. And we say there that Levi has still some type of, that Rachel still has some type of connection to Ruvain. If that's what we have, then maybe we should always say that that's true and Yibum is a, is a bad idea. Parenthetically, we learned that Yibum is a bad idea. Anyways, that was the Gemara on, uh, on Daf Gimel, I think it was on the bottom. The Gemara says, Mitzvah's chalitza kodemus the mitzvah's Yibum. We always try to do chalitza before we do Yibum in general. But for whatever reason, we, why don't we assume that that's true here? Says the Gemara, shiny hasam. It's different over there in a classical case, because in a classical case, what does the Pasuk say? To Amar Kra, Ula Kachalo Leisha. That's the positive side of the Pasuk that he should marry her. And that part of the Pasuk is Darshan, as once they marry, then they're married like normal couple. The problem is that this Pasuk has two parts to it. It's the part that we just read, which is a positive. Uh, a positive statement, and the Yibma, which implies that there's still some Yibu. So it says the Gemara, Ihachi, if it's true, you're going to say that, uh, that they're married, the Choldavar, then Hachanami, then why? That was the question we asked against the Rabbanon. If the whole sheet of the Rabbanon is that Rachel's relationship to Ruvain, there's still a remnant of it when she falls to Levi. If that's true, why is that true? We should just say that the Pasuk says, it says the Gemara, we can't say that because we still need something to do with the word So the way the Gemara is understanding the two cases is as follows. In a typical case, two brothers, Ruvain is a brother to Shimon, Ruvain's married to Rachel, Ruvain dies. Rachel falls to Shimon and they get married. Nothing to talk about. Which part of the Pasuk do we apply? The positive part. And therefore, they're, uh, they're 
However, in the more complicated case, in the less classical case of three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain's married to Rachel, Rachel falls to Shimon, Shimon dies. And then Rachel falls again to Levi. That's not a standard case. There's two brothers that died. So that's more, that's more sophisticated. That's a more sophisticated case. And there we do hold on to that piece of Yibam. And how does the Gemara articulate this? In a bit of a, an enigmatic language. Umar Rais, how is it that you got to learn the Pasuk that way? You just got to decide that the parts of the Pasuk that say, Velakhalol Isha, goes to the classical case. And the part of the Pasuk that says, Vyibma, where we do say that there's some type of old connection between Rachel and Ruvain, that uh, there we say that that applies to the less classical case. So it says the Gemara, Vistabra, it makes more sense to say the following. Shadi hetera ahetera. We should use the part of the pasuk that's granting a heter to a case that's granting a heter, which is your classical case. Shadi isura a isura. And we're going to uh, take the word v'yibma, which is has a, an implication of, of a limitation, and we're going to apply that to our more complicated case of Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi, where Rachel was uh, was first nofelas to Shimon, and then Shimon died, and she was nofelas to Levi. Then the Gemara asks, what is ostensibly a crazy question. That's why we have this sheet just for this one question. Um, and then we don't have any more pictures for the rest of the day. So uh, let's let's read the Gemara and then let's look at the picture to see if we can understand. The Gemara says as follows. Ule Reb Shimon, according to Reb Shimon, Do'amar, who is of the opinion that since the whole reason of Reb Shimon, uh, the whole reason of Reb Shimon as to why it is that Levi is allowed to marry, uh, Levi's allowed to marry Rachel is because of the fact that Levi's whole experience of Rachel was simply as Shimon's wife. If that's true, then the Gemara asks the following question: Elameata. If that's true, then So these are step siblings that marry one another. Step siblings are allowed to marry one another. There's nothing wrong with that because they're completely unrelated. And then nolad ach, and then. Uh, this is why we need the piece of paper. And then there's another brother born. Whose child is this? We'll look at this on the sheet in a second. So then maybe we should say that there should be yibum Maybe we should argue the same thing. That just like Reb Shimon says that Levi can marry Rachel b'yibum after she's no fellas twice. is because Levi's whole experience of Rachel was only after she was married to Shimon. Maybe we should say the same in this case. What is this case? So take a look at the sheet here. And this should hopefully help you to understand what's going on here. There are two couples. First, Leah and Yaakov are married, and they have a daughter named Rachel. All the way to the left, Penina and Chaim are married, and they have a son named Shimon. That's in the red, number one. And then both couples divorce. So now Leah is single, Yaakov is single, Penina is single, and Chaim is single. And then step number two is that Yaakov and Penina marry. What is the relationship between Shimon and Rachel on this piece of paper? Nothing. They're step-siblings. That's an American terminology. It's an English terminology. Halachically speaking, they don't share parents. There's nothing common about them. So then what happens? So, uh, so then step number, uh, uh, step number two, Yaakov and Penina get married. Step number three, Shimon marries Rachel. They're step-siblings. That's totally fine. And then uh, step number four is that Yaakov and Penina in their new marriage, they have a child named Levi. And then Nebuch, unfortunately, Shimon dies. So that leaves Rachel to marry Levi. What's the relationship between Rachel and Levi? They're half-siblings. They share one parent. Rachel and Levi are siblings through Yaakov. But what's Levi's whole perspective of Rachel? Shimon's wife. 
So the Gemara says, if Rav Shimon holds that in our, um, in our case of three brothers, if Shimon holds that Levi can marry Rachel, because Rachel's whole world was that she was married to Shimon as it relates to Levi, maybe we should say that Levi should marry Rachel, because after all, Levi's perspective of Rachel in this strange family tree is that uh, Rachel was Shimon's wife. Uh, what a ridiculous question. What was the Havamina? How could you marry your half-sister? That's like a Pasuk and Chumash. That's, that's in our Mishnah. That's not allowed. This was the case that the Gemara was trying to, uh, that the Gemara was trying to, uh, to show. Oh, sorry. I'll, yes, I'll send this to you afterwards. I apologize. Uh, this is the case that the Gemara was trying to show, but it doesn't even make sense. I, I guess there's a similarity in that, uh, yeah, it's true that there's a relationship that was, as it relates to Levi, clear and clean. But the problem is that the Levi cannot marry her sister. So it says the Gemara to this question, that's ridiculous. It were 10 lines down on Chafamaral. How could you even present this case? This case, you're asking, maybe there should be Yibum between two half-siblings. They share a father. Says the Gemara, uh, now we understand why the Gemara presented this case. It was to provoke this question. Whatever happened to the Isser of Echav Shalohaya Ba'olam? That's a question against the Rabbanon. How can the rabbis say that this is true? Or I'm sorry, how can Rav Shimon say that this is true? What happened to the Isra of Eishas Achiv Shalom Bala Olam? It seems to be that, he, that Rav Shimon completely ignores it. Says the Gemara, these two cases are not comparable for another reason. In the case that you presented as the question when you were, uh, when you were positing that, that uh, Rachel and Levi on this document should get married as half-siblings, there's never a heter for that. But hi, in the case of Eishas Achiv Shalom Bala Olam, there is a heter for that because Yibum is mutter when it comes to when it comes to Eishas Achiv under certain circumstances. So therefore, the Gemara rejects this comparison, and all of this was to try and understand a little bit of the sheets of the Rabbanon. That brings us to a new Mishnah on Chafam Aleph, um, and this new Mishnah teaches us some a couple things we already knew, and uh, and a couple things that are old. Let's start with one that we already knew. Says the Gemara, Klal Amru Yavama. We have a rule in general as it relates to a Yavama. Kol Shehi Isser Erva. If one of the two wives has an Isser Erva, like the 15 cases in our opening Mishnah on Daf Beis, Lo Chaletzas Velomis Yabemes. So then, the, uh, the, the, then there's no Chalitza and there's no Yibu, nothing. She's a zero. We don't have to do anything. So that, let's talk about a case where uh, we've dealt with this case before, where when Yibum falls to Shimon, he finds out that the Yavama is his daughter. So Ruvain married Shimon's daughter. Ruvain died, which means that the daughter falls to her own father. You don't have to do chalitza and you don't have to do yibu. Zero. The Mishnah continues, Iser mitzvah be'iser kedusha. When there is a case of a marriage that is an iser mitzvah, the Mishnah will detail what an iser mitzvah is. It will also detail what an iser kedusha is. In both of those cases, what's the din? Choletzas v'lomis then says the Gemara, Achosa If you have a sister who is the Yavama, as well, This is talking about where two sisters fall to one brother. Under those circumstances, there is Chalitza or Yibum to only one of them. But you can't marry both because it's a Zakuka. You can't marry both of them. That's not allowed. Says the Gemara, Iser Mitzvah, when our Mishnah had said Iser Mitzvah a couple of lines ago, and that there was Chalitza but not Yibum, what was that case? Says the Mishnah, Shniyos Midivrei Sofrim. It was rabbinic 
Uh, it was rabbinic injunctions for, for our Rios cases. We're going to discuss this more tomorrow, uh, but for today, we'll just take it at face value that they're, that they're Dine de Rabbana and that are referred to as Isser Mitzvah. What's Isser Kedusha? So an Isser Kedusha is, as an example, an Almana Kohen Gadol. The Almana Kohen Gadol is going to be most of our conversation for today once we get to the bottom of this page until the end. An Almana is not allowed to marry a Kohen Gadol. So we'll discuss what, what case that is in our, uh, in our Gemara. Okay, where are we here? So the Gemara says that was one of the examples of Amana Lekoin Gadol. Another example of Isra Kedusha, says the Mishnah, is uh, Grusha Vichalutza Lekoin Hedyo. So an Almana cannot marry a Kohen Gadol. A Grusha and a Chalutza, um, someone who's divorced or a woman who's had Chalitza done, she cannot marry a Kohen Hedyo. That's not allowed either. That's an Isra Doraisa. Mamzeres Vinesina. Mamzeres, we know, and a Nesina is a similar halacha category, the Yisrael. That's not allowed. And Ubas Yisrael, le Nesin Umamzer. That if Ubas Yisrael, her husband dies, and the brothers of her husband are Mamzerim, so that's a problem too. That's not allowed. These are all Yisurei Kedusha. So going back to the first word of the Mishnah, our Mishnah had said, Klal Amr Biyavama, that there's a general rule. And because the Mishnahis are so particular, the word Klal is meant to be learned from. Says the Gemara, halfway down as the Gemara opens on Chafamad Aleph, Klal What did that come to teach us? It says the Gemara to remind us of something that we already know. Omar Rafram Bar Papa, to include a case of a Tsaras Islandess. That's a case that we learn. Uh, the Tsaras Islandess is where a man uh, has uh, an option to marry one of two women, and one of them is an islandist, she's not able to have children. So that's a zero. There's no yibum by someone who can't have children. The whole, the whole point of the mitzvah of yibum is the kaim zara But if she's not able to have children, so maybe all the shilas would come up. Let's say that a woman is not able to have children naturally. They can only have children with uh, you know, reproductive uh, health care. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. Klape Shmaya, though, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Zatzal, held that, uh, I mean, I heard but it's pretty a dua that he held that you cannot do in vitro fertilization. That's what he held that it wasn't. So maybe according to him, if, if he says that that's forbidden, then this woman who's able to conceive with IVF, but not able to conceive naturally, she'd be exempt from Yibum because she's not able to have children. I so what, you broke the rule and you did IVF, according to Reb Chaim, because most post camera matter with IVF. There are a bunch of shilas about this, but I'm like how to get it done, because you have to collect zera. So uh, the postgame discuss exactly how this is done. The Isra of Sheikh Vazar Levatola of masturbation is primarily in a case of Al Aysin Vavanim, which a person is uh, is being Shokhev Zera for, for zero purpose whatsoever. But here it's a very specific purpose. It's not Al Aysin Vavanim. But there are a, bu- a whole bunch of other complex shilas that are woven in here. Anyways, that's what the Gemara says over here that our Mishnah is to include that there is an Isra Yibum, that there is uh, that there is no Yibum in a case of an islandess, and nor for her tsar either, either. And that is like Ravasi. Then the Gemara says, Some say it's actually a little bit different. The only time that it's Sara, that the co wife is going to be exempt, it's not when. It's not when her her it's not when wife number one is an islandist. It's when there's an iser erva in wife number one. If wife number one is an islandist, that's not an iser erva. It's a separate issue, which is that she can't have children. So here, if if that woman is not an iser erva, then 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 that's not going to cause a problem for a tzara. Hello, isura iser erva, tzara salo asira. The meute mai. What is that coming to exclude? Amar from the meute tzara silenus with the lokerabasi. So machlokas as to how we understand our mishnah, either to include or to exclude 
the case of an islands. What was the case of a Shehiyavita? I had already said that it's a case where there was two sisters who fall to one brother, but the Gemara goes through the Shaklavataria, two thirds of the way down at the two dots. Achosa Deman, who is she a sister of? Ilema, that she is a sister of the previous case in the Mishnah, De Isser Mitzvah. Well, that doesn't work because we have a case scenario that it had it been that she was the sister of someone who was an Isser Mitzvah, which is a Shneos Medivre Sofrim. We said that these are cases that are rabbinically uh, restricted relationships. So then, since it's only rabbinic and midoraisa, there really should be yibum. So then, that doesn't work because then the two sisters are zakuka to one another, are, are both zakukos to him. So therefore, we would not then have the din of our mission of choletzes omisyabemes. That doesn't work. Ella says the Gemara, we're talking about a chosa, the iser erva. We're talking about a case where the sister is the sister of someone who is an erva to the yavam. The Gemara says, Isser mitzvah shnios. Uh, we had said that the words Isser mitzvah in our Mishnah were referring to shnios. We're referring to dine de Rabbanon of relationships that cannot be had. Amai karula Isser mitzvah. Why is it that these were referred to as Isser mitzvah in the Mishnah? These cases, says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, mitzvah lishmoa dibrichachamim. Because there's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis. And the rabbis told us that there were some rabbinic injunctions, some cases that we should not be allowed or it wouldn't be appropriate for one to, to consummate a relationship, to consummate a marriage. So then under those circumstances, it's a mitzvah to listen to the Chachamim. That's why the uh, the relationships that are rabbinically prohibited as it relates to Arayos are referred to as, uh, as Isra mitzvah. What's Isra Kedusha? So we had said in our Mishnah, Almanu Kohen Gadol, Grusha V'chalutz Kohen Hedjod, those were samples of Kedusha. V'amai karalahu isurei Kedusha. Says the Gemara, D'chsiv kedoshim yulelohem. One should be holy to, to God. Tanya, the Brisa writes, Rabbi Yehuda Machlef, Rabbi Yehuda looked at the terminologies in our mission of Isra Mitzvah and Isra, and Isra Kadosh, Isra Kedusha. Which one is it called? I can't even remember anymore. Isra, what? Yeah, and he reverses them. He says, Isser mitzvah is almana lekoin gadol and grusha v'chalutza lekoin hedjod. Ve'amai karila isser mitzvah. Why then, if you're changing what an isser mitzvah refers to? We thought isser mitzvah was talking about shniyos la'arayos. Here you're saying it's talking about what our Mishnah says has to do with isurik dusha. So ve'amai karila isser mitzvah. Why then would it be referred to as isser mitzvah? Because the Pasuk says, dechsiv e'leha mitzvos, in reference to arayos, that these are referred to mitzvos in regards to the mitzvos of a Cohen in particular. So therefore, these are mitzvahs. Therefore, we're going to call them Isra mitzvah. And Isra Kedusha, Shniyos Medivre Sofrim. And in the Brayas of Rabbi Yehuda, he understood in our Mishnah that when it said Isra Kedusha wasn't talking about Kohanim, it was talking about Shniyos Medivre Sofrim, rabbinic injunctions on certain relationships. Why then does our Mishnah refer to it as Isra Kedusha? Says the Gemara, Amar Kadosh. Anyone who fulfills the words of the Chachamim, those people are considered to be holy. Amar le Rava, there's a diuk here that doesn't feel so good. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rava v'cholsha enu makayim dibri Chachamim kodoshu lo mikri. And Russia, Nami, Lo Mikri. You're going to say he's not going to be called a Russia. Of course he's going to be. The way you wrote it is that only a Tzadik, uh, only a Tzadik follows the Chachamim. Everybody else is a Russia. That's the implication. You're right, you should change the language to Kadesh Atzmechabemutterlach. We should change the language to Kadesh Atzmechabemutterlach. So, therefore, there's no negative implication is that a person should, each of us should, in our own ways. We should try to be Kadosh in areas that are, that are mutter to us, try to show some self restraint in areas that are mutter. 
um, not to the detriment of others, but in an area that we as individuals are able to grow by showing a degree of extra self-discipline that is deemed appropriate. At the next two dots, 10, 12 lines from the bottom of the page. We had said the case about an almana, the Kohen Gadol, and here the Gemara is going to go on a lengthy discussion about what the case is. Says the Gemara Kapasik Vitani, we have a Brysa that writes very clearly, <laughs> that a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry an Almana no matter what. A Kohen Gadol cannot marry an Almana if she was Nisuin, fully married, or even if she was from Erisin, even had she only been betrothed to someone before she fell to the Kohen Gadol. Now let's analyze both parts. I understand if you tell me that she's married. I understand why that doesn't work for a coin gadol because asay velosa say you have two things that the coin gadol has as commandments one positive one negative the asay is that a coin gadol has a mitzvah asay to marry a woman who is a basula who is a virgin now if a woman is fully married already under the assumption of tash mishamita that's a bitul asay that's not allowed and the losa asay is that he's not allowed to marry an almana so if you have the assay of Yibum against these two of the, uh, you have on one side, you have the assay of Yibum. Good. We know we miss a Yibum. But with a Kohen Gadol, he has this woman who is not a, a virgin anymore. She's married. Uh, she was married. And uh, she's also an Almona. So you can't have the assay of Yibum outweigh those two because it's an assay and a losa assay. So we understand why a Kohen Gadol is not allowed to marry a Nisuin, an Almana who was once married to another man. So Ruvain and Shimon. Shimon is the Kohen Gadol. Ruvain's married to Rachel. And uh, Ruvain dies. So that makes her an Almana. So of course he cannot marry her because Ruvain, Ruvain lived with Rachel. And now he's not allowed to marry her. So the, the power of the mitzvah sase of Yibum is not strong enough to override the assay and lo sase of the Kohen Gadol as it relates to the Almana. Ella, eight lines from the bottom. What I don't understand, says the Gemara, Mina Erisin, if you say that all that ever happened was she got engaged, so Ruvain and Rachel got engaged, and then right away Ruvain died. They never finished the chuppah. Um, back in the day, their weddings were far apart from, uh, from Erisin to Nisuin. So says the Gemara, what happens in a case like that? So then what do we have? We only have the low Segredo. She's still a virgin. So we don't have to worry about a say of she has to be a virgin. She's never been, been married. She's only been betrothed. So says the Gemara, maybe we should say, Maybe we should say as follows, and I'm going to spend a moment to clarify because uh, the next uh, Amud will not make sense if we don't understand this piece. Our question is like this. We know that an Almana cannot marry a Kohen <coughs> More accurately, a Kohen Gadol cannot marry an Almana. That we know. But what if she never had Tash Mishamita? If she never had Tash Mishamita and she was only engaged to Ruvain and then Ruvain died and then Rachel fell to Shimon the Kohen Gadol, B'yibum, so then the scales should work like this. The mitzvah of Yibum against the lo sa'ase of not marrying an almana. Ase, doche lo sa'ase. So why don't we say that the, um, that the Kohen Gadol can marry an almana provided that she was only engaged? It's a classical case of ase, doche lo sa'ase. We should allow that to happen. That's a good question. The Gemara is going to posit four answers over the next Amud, and then we will call it a day. Uh, so let's get started on answer number one. Five, six lines from the bottom. It's very simple. The reason why um, an almana who is only engaged and never had Tash Mishamita cannot marry a Kohen Gadol is because the Pasuk says so, but only in an indirect way. 
We're already talking about Yibum. She'ain Tamadomar Yivimto. We're in the Parsha of Yibum. You don't need to write the word Yivimto. Ma Tamadomar Yivimto. Because Yesh Lecha Yavama Achash Ola Lechalitza Beina Ola Yibum. There is one woman who is a Yavama who should be subject only to Chalitza and should not be subject to Yibum. Ve'ezozo. And who is this? This is Chayve Laban. Any marriage that takes place where the marriage itself is Chayve Laban, there we say there can only be Chalitza and there cannot be Yibum. So what's our case? Because he's not allowed to marry her because she's an almana. And that is an Isser de Oraisa. Even though it's only Be'erusen, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're 100% right that she didn't have Tash Mishamita. But we're no longer asking a classical case of Asay, again, Asay Dochelos Asay, of the Asay of Yibum overriding the Isser of him marrying an almana. We're not saying that because we have a trump card. And the trump card is a drusha. And the drusha is that Chai Lavin are not allowed to have Yibum. They can only do Chalitza. So says the Gemara, that's great, but how did you come up with your answer of Chai Lavin? Maybe we should say that that Pasuk is only speaking about a case where there's Kares, that we're talking about our case. If in fact this Pasuk is talking about Krisus, and then it's not talking about Chai Lavin, then we're back to our question of why can't it be that a Kohen Gadol can marry an Almana who is only betrothed and not married? Says the Gemara, the reason why we have to say that the Pasuk is referring to Chayve Lavin and not Chayve Krisus is because of the following. Three lines from the bottom of There has to be a case scenario where the mechanics of the marriage would work if, in fact, Yibum took place. There's no possible way for this to work. When it comes to Chayve Krisus, there's no possibility of Yibum. There, the mechanics of the marriage don't work. If there's a father and a daughter and they go through the whole rigmarole, they're like, and they try to get married, it doesn't work. You can't marry your erva. It doesn't work. There's no mechanics there because there's arayos. So therefore, the Pasuk doesn't make sense to say that it's speaking about Chaybe Krisus because the Pasuk implies that at least the Yibum has to be a functional, a functional relationship. And this cannot be the case here. Says the Gemara, well, maybe we should say the same rule by Chai Nami. Maybe we should say the same thing is true by Chai Lavin, uh, that there should only be Chalitza and no Yibu, says the Gemara. But we already said, Harabi Yavimto. We already included that case with the extra word of Yavimto to teach us that this is a case specifically where they're not supposed to get married. Says the Gemara Umar Royce, how is it that you got to learn the Pesukim that way? Why is it uh, that Chayve Lavin has Chalitza, but Chayve Krisus have nothing? There's just nothing to do with it if the daughter falls to the father in Yibum. Says the Gemara on the top of Davchaf and Mebez Mistabra. It really is very logical because of the following, and this is an idea that we've learned before. Chayve Lavin, Taf Sebuhu Kedushin. When it comes to Chayve Lavin, let's say that an Almona marries a coin Gadol or a Grusha marries a coin Hedyot. So even though it's an Isser Do Raisa, but still Taf Sebuhu Kedushin, the Kedushin still works. Unlike a father-daughter where the Kedushin doesn't work, the, the Chayve Lavin does work. But Chayve Krisus, line two, Chayve Krisus, low Taf Sebuhu Kedushin. You can, uh, you can say Harad Mikudeshasli a thousand times, nothing will change. She'll never be your wife if she's an erva to you. It just doesn't work. So therefore, we had uh, said that the case that we're talking about with the Kohen Gadol is that it must be that the reason why the Almana cannot marry is because of the Pasuk. And we said, well, maybe the Pasuk's not talking about Chayve Lavin. Maybe he's talking about Chayve Krisus. No, no, it's not possible because Chayve Lavin, there still is, in theory, albeit Usr, it still is possible for the mechanics of the, of the Chuppah to work. Masha Ain came when it comes to Chayve Krisus, that's impossible. Therefore, the Pasuk is as we've learned. And that is to say that Chayve Lavin, 
uh, are a case where there is chalitza, uh, but no yibum, and that works out very nicely. That's the answer of Rav. A couple of questions on Rav. The first one gets answered, the second one uh, doesn't, and we have to pivot to another answer. Says the Gemara in the second line of Chafam Bez, Masiv Rava. Rava says, hold on one second. Our Mishnah spoke about Isser Mitzvah Isser Kedusha. In a case of Isser Mitzvah in Isser Kedusha, um, the Brisa writes as follows. That if there was bia, namely if there was yibum and or chalitza, the niftarat sarasa. Then what that means is that the tsara of the woman that he married would be ptura. She does not need chalitza or yibum. Asks the Gemara Lam to your question as follows. If midoraisa, it's true, like Rav wanted to say. That when it comes to Chaybe Lavin, that yes, there's Chalitza, but then there's no Yibum. So then how does this Brisa make sense? This Brisa says that if he does Yibum, then the Tzara is going to be Ptura. But Midoraisa, he has no din of Yibum. You just said that Chaybe Lavin have no Yibum. They only have Chalitza, Rab. So this Brisa doesn't work for you. So Rava was the one who asked the question. He's also the one who answered it in order to keep Rav's Shita alive. A lot of integrity. It's good to ask a question, not only to win, but to actually come up with the MS. So Rava says... Well, the Gemara says in the name of Rav, who Mosiv Lava, who Mefarikla, he answered in the name of Rav as follows. He said, Litzdadin Katani. We need to split the, this phrase to, uh, to split the phrase of Isser Mitzvah and Isser Kedusha into two different cases. That's what Litzdadin Katani. Litzdadin is used in very different ways throughout Shas. And here it just means that there are two ways to understand the Mishnah or two parts of the Mishnah more accurately. Ba'aleha. When it says in this Brisa, Ba'aleha, that he uh, took her as a Yuvama, that was referring to Isser Mitzvah, Isser Mitzvah. But Chalatzla, when it was talking about Chalitza, Isser Kedusha, and if you uh, look back at the Sugya, you'll see that this helps Rav Shita to still be valid, that when it comes to Chayv Lavin, so there's Chalitza still, but there's no Yibu. Good. So what's the second question on Rav? Rav had said that by Chayv Lavin, that there's Chalitza, but no Yibu. So Masiv Rav, Suadaka, if there is a person who has a terrible injury and their, their base and their testicles were actually crushed, Ukrus Shavcha, a person whose gid, their, their anatomy was actually uh, cut in a way where part of it is missing, Sris Adam, or a person, a man who's sterile, Vahazakain, or uh, someone who due to old age is not able to have children. I don't know what that means. We typically assume that the healthy male age is not really relevant for the production of health, healthy zera. Nevertheless, whatever the case may be, in all of these cases, o cholzen, o if they end up in a scenario where this man who is not able to have children, he ends up uh, being presented with a yavama, the halacha is, it's o cholzen, o either one. Okay, Ketzad says the Gemara, what's the case? Mesu, if the man was, who should not have been married because he's a Chris Shafcha, whatever the case may be, if a man was married and, and, his, and he died, Vilahem Achim, and he had brothers, Vilahem Noshim, Vilamdu Achim, and these brothers who were healthy, they married the wives of these men who were unhealthy and not able to have children. No problem at all. Everything works out well. And if they have Tashmashamita, namely if Yibum takes place, so then everything works out, they're married. But what happens if the brother Shimon is a healthy brother? He's fertile, he's able to have children, um, but he didn't yet. He doesn't have all the biological challenges that his brother does. So he dies. And then the wives of this healthy brother fall to the brother who is unhealthy. 
he's the Ptsuadaka, he's the Cruz Shafcha, he's the uh, he's this the Saris, he's not able to have any children. Masha Asu Asu, it's Asu for him to marry them, and he should not have married them. But if he did, the, the mechanics still work. We assume, therefore, that they're married. Says the Gemara, if they somehow had Tash Meshamita, uh, with, with certain cases of this, that's very difficult to describe, but that was that's what the Gemara says. If, in fact, they had Tash Meshamita, so then, then they fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibum. However, they cannot stay married. We'll learn about this more about before the end of the page. But you're not allowed to have this person marry into Klal Yisrael. So says the Gemara as follows, a question from Rava on Ra. If what you're saying is, Rav, that really when it comes to Chaybe Lavin, that on a Torah level, they can, they can have Chalitza. However, Yibum is not Shaykh by them. So what do we do with the Brisa that says, Why would that be the case? And therefore, with this, we reject Rav's answer. Remember, the question we're dealing with is, how is it or why is it that an almana who is only betrothed, why can she not marry a Kohen Gadol with a classical case of Asei Dochelo <coughs> We tried Rob's answer and it's rejected. We're just about halfway down, maybe a third of the way down on Chafim at Beis. And the Gemara presents our second answer. Elama Rava, almana minha erusinami, the Gemara says, you're right, she still is a Basula. She's never had Tash Meshamita. She got engaged to Ruvain and then Ruvain died. So they never had Tash Meshamita. But it's still not a classical case of Asei. Why not? Because the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that you should be holy. And that's a mitzvah Asei. It's a mitzvah sase to be holy. So what that also means is that the Kohen Gadol has a specific mitzvah sase to be holy. He has a specific Isser of uh, not to marry an Almana. And therefore, it's an assay of Yibum against the assay and Los assay that's by the Kohen Gadol. Says the Gemara, if that's true, Mamzeris Vinicina, Maikala If it comes to a Mamzer who doesn't have that parameter, then it's just a, by Mamzer, it's only assay Docha Los Then we should say that the Mamzer should be able to be married. They should be able to be part of the Yibum cycle. Why? Because it's ase dochelosase, yibum is a mitzvah sase. You're a mamzer, okay, you're a mamzer. It's chayve lavit, but it's just it's just an ase dochelosase. There's nothing. That's the way things work. You're not allowed to remove tzaras, but if it's on an orla, that's too bad. It's just the way things work. So we should say that the mamzer no says the gemara no. By the mamzer, we have a different pasuk. Ksivis kadashtem, a different pasuk. Says the gemara if he's kadashtem, if it means that you have to be holy when you get married, so then you just made every case of marriage a case of asay and losase because even if it's true, she's uh, she's a besula. But he's kadashtem. Everyone has to be holy. So says the Gemara. Ella. Therefore, we go to our third answer. Really, you're right. Really, technically speaking, a Kohen could marry a woman who is an almana but was only engaged and who never had tash meshamita. Says the Gemara. Why is it that a Kohen Gadol cannot marry an almana who is only engaged? The reason why is because we're afraid of making an error that it's very easy to make a mistake to say, uh, was she engaged or was she also married? I don't remember. So therefore we have it's a rabbinic injunction that if a woman is an almana from Arisen, she was only betrothed and she was not ever married. We have that a coin Gadol cannot marry her. Why not? Because we're afraid that it's so easy to mix that up with a woman who Taka did have relations with her first husband. Says the Gemara, Mamzeris, Venesina, Ma'ikala, Meymar, what Gzeira are you going to have by a Mamzer? 
says the Gemara as follows: We should restrict the marriage of a mamzer, even though it's true that you can use the logic of ase do chelosase. We have gzera derabanan of that case where it's b'makom mitzvah atu shelo mitzvah. That God forbid a person would marry a mamzer shelo b'makom mitzvah, and that's aser. If that's true, says the Gemara, then eshes achiv may aviv lo if you have the your uh, the, the case of Ashes Achiv Shalobala Olam, there should be no Yibum Gzeira Shema Ashes Achiv Meimo. If you have a case where there's Yibum from the father's side, which is all cases of Yibum, we should never let that happen because maybe someone will make a mistake and do Yibum based on the mother, which is Usr. That we don't do. Yibum is only based on the father's side. Says the Gemara, Yibum Benachala Talarachmana. You just have to read a Pasik and Chumash to see that. It's all dependent on the father. May the Yidi, everybody knows that. Okay, fine. Maybe we should say that, and this is the most normal case ever, because everybody knows that Yibum doesn't happen if you already have children. Says the Gemara, maybe we should have a Gzera Derabanan, that a woman who has no children should not do Yibum Gzera Mishum Isha out of concern that maybe a woman will have children and she won't know the rule and she'll get married. And that's an Isra Doraisa. And by the way, that's the whole Torah of Yibum is out the window if this question stands. Says the Gemara, just read the Chumash. Just read the Chumash. That's too obvious. We don't have to worry about every last blessed concern that some guy who's un- uneducated, they're, they're going to, okay, we happen to not know Pesachim and Chumash. I'm just saying, we're the bad guys here. But they, the, the, the Gemara says, everybody knows, everybody knows that it, uh, it's only when there's no children. Okay, what about We should have a Gzera that uh, we should say, that maybe a brother, Levi, even as a young child, he shouldn't do Yibum, because maybe there's a case where Levi's born after the Yibum took place, okay? Says the Gemara, uh, says the Gemara, Yeshiva Tala Rachman, everybody knows that uh, all the brothers have to be alive. What? Right, and Meida Yudia. Absolutely, That's that stuff is all obvious. Says the Gemara, Kol Hanoshem, Lotis Yabma, Shemishim Maybe we should never let women do yibum because uh, there's a percentage of women who cannot have children and an islandess ruins yibum. Says the Gemara, lo We don't make a in cases that are not shchiach. Says the Gemara, mamzer You made a five lines ago about a about a mamzer, where you said we should we should not let a mamzer marry b'makom mitzvah because of a case shelob b'makom mitzvah. Says the Gemara, back to answer four. That was the question, the dagger that ruined answer three. So now we're back to our initial question. Why is it that we say that a Kohen is not allowed to marry uh, an almana who was only betrothed and who never was intimate with her husband? This is fascinating. If you have a say dochelosa say for Yibum that only allows the first episode of Tashmir Shavita to take place, you can never sleep with your wife again. Why? Because <laughs> it's not I say anymore. Now the Kohen Gadol is just being intimate with an Almana, which is a Pasuk and Chumash. So there's a distinction to be made before from Bia Rishona, which is the fulfillment of Yibum, but then any other episodes of intercourse are forbidden. Because there's no I say It's an unbelievable dichotomy of episodes with the same person. The first one's a Mitzvah Doraisa, and the second one's an Isra Doraisa. Same exact act, same exact person. 
a, a, a day apart, nothing changed, nothing changed except for the Asay do Chalosa And Tanya Nami Hachi, the Brisa writes like this You're not allowed to maintain that relationship. Lastly, Hadar Amar Rava Ravashi Lab That's actually not correct what we just said. It's better to fulfill both of the mitzvahs. What should you do? If you don't have a choice, fine. Check this out. Brilliant solution. This woman who's an almana um, through betrothal only. Ruvain got engaged to Rachel. Ruvain died. She falls to Shimon B'yibum. What should Shimon do? Shimon's a coin gadol. Says the Gemara, tell him to do chalitza. Don't have them be intimate. Tell him to do chalitza. You'll fulfill the mitzvah of Yibum chalitza by, by divorcing her. You won't violate the iser of almana. Perfect solution. That's a great idea. That was our whole, that's what we've all been building up to this very simple solution. And the Gemara is going to throw it out. No, it can't be that this is correct. The Gemara does not say why it's not correct other than it isn't because you can't be right to say that the right move is for the Kohen Gadol simply to do Chalitza. Why not? Because we know that if they are intimate, that in fact that they are married and he fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibu. So we, we therefore see that the Gemara doesn't exclude that Shita to Yuvta. We reject that last Shita and Lechorah. We fall back on the previous answer, which is that they are allowed to get married only for the first Hashemish Shemitah, and then they have to divorce right away. We'll stop right here. Wishing you all a beautiful night.